Welcome to our Streams International Ministry Podcast with Prophet Jared Nusulu, PhD, and Prophetess Gabriella Nusulu. Experience prophetic revelation teachings, personal prophecies, healing, deliverance, breakthrough. You are now listening to a teaching recorded at one of our live church services. If there's one topic which the church of Jesus Christ need to emphasize a lot, it is the topic of righteousness. Oh, yes. So today we're going to begin from Romans chapter 10, from verse number 1, all the way to verse number 13. Romans chapter 10, verses 1, all the way to verse number 13. Someone say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Now, this is Apostle Paul writing to the Roman church. He says, brethren, my heart's desire and a prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record. What is the record? That they have got a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. Zeal is good. What is zeal? Zeal is when uh, people want to save God. People want to please God. And they've got a burning desire that they really, really, really want to get this thing done. But you see, zeal without knowledge is a disaster. Because the moment a person with a zeal goes off on a tangent, it's a disaster. Amen. We've got so many examples of people in the Bible with a zeal but without knowledge. One of them is a guy by the name of Saul who was so zealous to save the God of Israel in his Judaism said that when he saw Christians saints, followers of Jesus Christ. He's like, no, I need, to ext- I need to terminate these guys. I should finish them off. Because they are going off. They are wrong. So the guy was so zealous that he took it upon himself. It was his personal mission to finish all the Christians. So that's why zeal without knowledge is very dangerous. And there are some people in some religions today who have got their zeal without knowledge. Amen. That they have taken it upon themselves, burning Christian churches, bombing this, bombing that, bombing this person. What is making them do all those crazy stuff is their zeal, but they don't have the knowledge. Oh, yes. Uh, You're not hearing me. We are following. So we are faced with this situation that Apostle Paul is looking at the Jews, that they've got a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. If you know a Jew, if you've been to Israel, you're going to know a Jew is very zealous. Oh, yes. He can't even press the button for an elevator on a Sabbath day. Amen. Now, when you're in that hotel, Ramada. On a Sabbath day, it's crazy. Oh, yes. Because you're going to be going up and down, up without knowing what, what's going on. 
Because we, we, but the batters don't work. They program it. The moment the Sabbath day starts, they want a Jew just to enter and come out. So the thing just goes, stops available, opens. Because that hotel Jews, they check in. In that hotel, they check in before the Sabbath. Yes. Every weekend. And check out after the Sabbath. Every weekend, the hotel is loaded. Because they just want to come out and walk to the dining. Oh, yes. Eat, walk back to their room. <laughs> That's how much zealous the guys are. So that anybody they suspect that this one is breaking the Jewish law, that one must die. Wow. That's how much zealous they have. Jesus, when he came preaching the gospel to them, you know the story. Their first response, this one must die. Yes. They've got a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. Amen. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. They are ignorant of God's righteousness. Wait a minute. I thought God gave them the law so that they can be righteous. But Apostle Paul says, no, 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 no. They being ignorant of God's what? Righteousness. And then what? Going about to establish their own righteousness. They have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Yes. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to every person that believeth. What does that mean? Christ is the end of the law. Christ is the end of the law. Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to every person that believeth. What does that mean? What it means is Christ did not come to end the law. But he came to fulfill the law. In other words, when you look at all the law, it was pointing to one man. And that one man was Christ. Oh, yes. When you look at the law, it was meant to guide them to come to one called Christ. Oh, yes. Amen. In other words, when you look at the law, it is the codification of a man called Christ. So God gave them the law in a way that it could help them to live a life of Christ. But when Christ came, they shouldn't have been sticking to the law. They should have now embraced the honor of the law. Ah, oh, you're not hearing me. Oh, yes, we're following. They should have embraced the guy whose the law is all about. Because Christ was the subject and the object of the law. So when he came, Apostle Paul calls the law was our schoolmaster. That was meant to bring us to Christ. You're not hearing me. Are you following me? Oh, we are following. So Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to every person that believeth. For Moses describeth the righteous, the, the righteousness which is of the law. Ah, uh -huh, now that's very important. Moses what? Describeth the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth those things shall live by them. So, in other words, Moses, by bringing the law, he was 
trying to bring a kind of righteousness. But that righteousness was a righteousness based on the law. So what does that mean? It means then that the righteousness which Christ brought and the righteousness which Moses brought are two different righteousnesses. Uh -huh. Oh yes, amen. So in your notes you're going to write two types of righteousness. One, righteousness of the law. This is the righteousness which came by Moses. And then there was only one condition to that thing. The condition is <laughs> crazy. If you follow this thing to the dot, you're going to be righteous. If you break this thing, only one of them, you have broken the whole law. <laughs> you're not hearing me. Oh, yes. If you follow it to the dot, you say I'm saying to the what? Dot. Because according to, according to what Christ said, even the dot was part of the law. Amen. Not even Papa. Jesus, what did he say? Not even a little jot. Apostrophe has to be fulfilled. Comma has to be fulfilled. Full stop has to be fulfilled. So I know the way you read your Bible. Just read, 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 read. Me, I read and I check. Is there a foot super comma? Is there apostrophe or what? Dot semicolon or colon. I read them too. Amen. And Jesus said, comma. Ah, you're not hearing me. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's why I'm able to divide the word of truth. Sharp division of the word of truth. Oh, yes. Not just, hey, the Bible says hallelujah. No. <laughs> For Moses describeth the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth this thing shall live by them. So we know that God gave them the law not to help them. It was a set up to show how wicked they were. Telling a Jew that you are wicked, he wouldn't believe it. The only way to prove to a Jew that his heart was wicked was to give him the law. Yes, amen. Because God knew they would fail. Don't forget that God had already promised things to Abraham. That there was going to come a seed of Abraham. And the seed of Abraham is the Messiah, Jesus Christ. So there's no way the law could have canceled this. Because the law came 430 years later. After the promise had already been given to who? To Abraham. Are we together? Oh yes. So the law did not come to replace the seed. But in the meantime, before the seed has come, God gave them the law to prove to them how evil they were. So they failed. They failed miserably. Because we think that probably because there's a law, we follow the law, then we'll be better. The law can never make, make anybody better. Amen. The law only achieves one thing. It makes the wicked become more wicked. Yes. That's why Australia has got the most wicked people. I mean, oh, forget it. 
there are too many laws in Australia. Oh, yes. I'm telling you. So people have to find a way to beat it. So they have to become more wicked. <laughs> Amen. Forgive them, Papa. <laughs> you know, me, I travel a lot. I've never seen a country with so many laws like Australia. I'm telling you, I travel a lot. Australia has laws, boy, about everything. <laughs> oh, yes. Including your salary. Amen. Including how much balance must be in your bank account. The moment there's too much money, they'll send you a letter. Can you explain the source of your wealth? Yes. I had 20,000 sitting in my bank account. They were looking at it every day. <laughs> After three months, it wasn't going anywhere, so they sent me a letter. Can you explain the source of your wealth? I almost fell off. <laughs> 20,000 is wealth. Like, Jesus Christ. Give me a break. <laughs> so I took the paper, put it in the bin. <laughs> Amen. $20,000 wealth. I said, God have mercy on us. Oh, yes. Why? Because this country is designed for people to function on credit cards. Yes. The economy of Australia is designed for you to be always in debt. Always. Believe you me. That's how they designed it. You get a mortgage. Make sure at the age 2021, they've already put the yoke around your neck. The mortgage. Oh, yes. Yeah. And you pay the whole thing. By the time you are remaining with 100, 150,000, <laughs> and then your children will sell the house, <laughs> they Part of it will go back to the bank and government taxes. They don't, they, don't, they don't forget that. Taxes. And the remainder will be enough to keep you with at least bread in an aged care home. <laughs> Amen. You are finished. In Malawi, people buy houses cash. I'm telling you. In Malawi, they build their own houses. That's why when there was the GF, what, the Global Financial, it didn't affect African countries. It only affected European countries. Simply because there, it's a cash transaction. People save up, they buy. But here, you buy. And then... And then, <laughs> buy and die, Papa. I was looking at my mortgage the other day, yesterday. I discovered every month I'm paying $1,700 to the bank. And yet, if I had an equal amount of cash in their same bank, probably at the end of the year, $1,000, if I'm lucky. Yes. Amen. That's what interest would give me. They are thieves. They are thugs. Amen. 
That's why I'm going to start my own bank. Oh, yes. You heard me? This is a prophecy. Kataba. Oh, yes. I receive. <laughs> oh, I've revealed, I've revealed my secret. I told you I'm going to start my own bank. Nobody, nobody, nobody will ever pay interest in my bank. Amen. <laughs> so, uh, let me, can I continue? <laughs> so oh, yes. Moses describeth the righteousness which is of the law. That the man which doeth those things shall live by them. But we know they failed. Is that correct? And then next, but. Someone said but. But. They want to see the way the but we're contrasting from what we talked about to something opposed, opposed, opposing, oh, opposite. Yes. What we talked about there. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. What does that mean? The righteousness of the law is about doing. The man that doeth these things shall live by them. The righteousness which is of faith is not about doing. It's about speaking. I know you didn't see the difference. Let's go back. Let's go back to the previous verse. Let's go back to the previous verse. One, two, three, go. What does it say? Read. For Moses describeth the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth those things shall live by them. Did you see doeth? So the righteousness that Moses brought was a doing righteousness. But, that's why the but there is very important. But... The righteousness which is of faith is a speaking. Say not in your heart. What? Who shall ascend into heaven? That is to do what? To bring down Christ from above. Or who shall descend into the deep? That is what? To bring up Christ again from the dead. But what saith it? It's a saying thing, but what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thine heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. So, you people, when I'm teaching these things, you need to understand I'm imparting the word of faith to you. Oh, yes. Don't just go home, ah, today, no. It was a powerful sermon. I don't preach sermons here. I'm giving you tools. Oh, yes. Amen. I'm giving you, I'm, I am, I'm equipping you. I'm giving you substance on which your faith can be built up. Oh, yes. These things should not just enter your heart. They should also find a way out of your heart back to your mouth. Oh, yes. Are you hearing me? The word is nigh thee. The word is nigh thee. Where? Your mouth, even in your heart. This thing, there are challenges that we meet in life. And then the only thing that we know and the only thing that we do good is to pray to God. 
Father, I ask you. Oh, Father, I ask you. But is there a place you can use your faith? Is there a time when you can say, no, 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 no. I have heard something. The prophet said something. It is in my heart. Oh, yes. Can I bring it into my mouth? Oh, yes. Because I'm not living the days of Moses where we are living under the doing righteousness. We are under a certain different kind of righteousness, which is a speaking righteousness. Jesus said, by your word you shall be justified. By your word you shall be condemned. So the moment you face a situation and you begin to speak nonsense. Because people are good at whinging. The energy it takes for you to whinge. Amen. Is more than the energy it takes for you to speak a word of faith. Oh, yes. The moment you whinge, you go down. The moment you speak a word of faith, you go up. <laughs> I receive. I have you ever been in a situation? You can't see a way out. You can see that things are really going bad. Yeah, are you hearing me? You can either talk about the badness of the situation. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You can talk about the badness of the situation. Or talk about the goodness of your God. Oh, yes. Talk about the abit of your God. You see, the moment you spend time talking about the badness of the situation, it is a glorification of the guy behind the situation who is the devil. Amen. The moment you begin to talk about the goodness of Jehovah God, then now you have shifted a kind of faith. Oh, you are not yes. dealing with the faith which is speaketh out of your mouth. When the moment you begin to make declarations, you begin to speak about the goodness of your Jehovah God. What he did for you yesterday. What he did for you last year. Oh, yes. You see your faith is going to begin to rise in you until you begin to chat, to dance. In your prayer you begin to dance. You've got a step in your prayer. Are you hearing me somebody? Shout yes. Yes. There's no dancing and whinging. You can't dance about your whinging. Oh, the situation is really getting bad. <laughs> Are you hearing me? Oh, yes. But, you know, you may, I'm not talking about that you will not feel low. You will feel low. I'm not saying that you will not, you will not feel oppressed. You will feel oppressed. But you know what will take you out of the situation? Your confession. Yes, amen. Some people say, but prophet, I'm just talking about my reality. <laughs> and in their little heads, that is a reality. They don't know that there's only one reality. And that reality, when it came, it is said, verily, verily, I say unto thee. And that word, verily, is reality, reality, I'm telling you. Oh, yes. Amen. It itself, it was the reality. It itself is the reality. 
So when you say, you know, Jesus told me, he says, I am the way, the reality, and the life. The word truth there is reality. Yes, amen. Are you hearing me? Yes. So what did he say? I am the way, I am the reality, and I am the life. So when he was responding, saying, verily, verily, I mean very, very, okay, verily, verily. <laughs> verily, verily, I say unto thee, what did he say? Reality, reality, I'm telling you this. This is the reality. Oh, yes. So it doesn't matter how the situation looks like. Don't you ever claim it is a reality. It is just your perspective. It is just your perspective. Amen. And a prophet have done everything that I could. I've come to the end of the road. You see? Here's the catch. You can only function to the bounds of your knowledge. Are you hearing me? You can only what? To the bounds of your knowledge. Always leave your room somewhere, somehow. That probably there's something out there. Oh, yes. That's where hope comes in. Probably there's something only. Are you hearing me? Oh, yes. So, Moses described the righteousness of the Lord that they might show those things in them. But the righteousness of faith speaketh, speaketh on this wise. Say not in thine heart what? Who shall ascend unto heavens? That is what? To bring down Christ from above. Nor who shall descend. Into the deep. To do what? That is to bring up Christ again from the dead. But what saith it? The word is nigh. So don't worry about the Jesus who is in heaven. We are quick to think about the Jesus who is in heaven. And the Bible says, oh, don't worry about him. Leave him alone. He has given you faith to function by. That's what the first thing. Oh, yes. <laughs> Are you hearing me? He has given what? Faith to function by. Uh-huh. What saith it? The word is nigh thee. Uh-huh. Where is it? Come on. Give me the verse. Where is the, where is the faith? In thy mouth. Andy. In thy heart. That is what? The word of faith. Which we preach. That what? That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Can you believe in the whole salvation built on something you speak? Just something that you speak with your mouth. Yes. Making a difference between hell and paradise. I think that's too big. I think they should have added and climb Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I think they should have added that. Climb Mount Everest in Nepal. 
But you see, salvation is an act of your heart and your mouth. But of the two, neither of them is more important than the other. They must be two. People get stuck with the, a faith in their, in their heart, but they never verbalize their faith. Now, what the Bible says there, for with the heart man believeth unto what? Uh, man believeth unto what? Righteousness. But that's not enough. That's not enough. So people just keep the, the thing they believe in their hearts. Yes. God says, yeah, yeah, you are righteous. But being righteous does not take you out of your predicament. Amen. <laughs> what catapults you out of your trouble is not the confession of your mouth. Oh, yes. <laughs> you are not hearing me. I get it, man. Imagine just speaking with your mouth. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and that he died and rose again. Literally from darkness to light. From the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. From the power of darkness to the power of Christ. From hell to paradise. Just speaking. Hmm. Someone said, mm. Mm. that's big. And then the Bible explains, for with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. You get saved by the confession of your mouth. Oh, yes. You get delivered from any situation by the confession of your mouth. This month is the month of righteousness. I'm going to be teaching about what? Righteousness. But I want you to hear me and hear me well. Righteousness is the big deal in the kingdom of heaven. Because righteousness is the right standing with God. Yes. And righteousness does not mean holy. It only means you've got a right standing with God. God looks at you. He has no anger against you. He has no objection against you. He has nothing to lay against you. You are righteous. Even if you are unholy. Wow. That's why after you've done your stupid, silly sin, you can still stand before God and say, Lord, forgive me. Thank you, Jesus. Because of righteousness. Because if you didn't have righteousness, there's no way after you've done your stupid thing, you'd ever stand before God. Yes, amen. And that was the problem with our, our young brother. Uh, which one? Adam. <laughs> he came out of righteousness. Yes. Committed sin. He didn't have any way back. Amen. 
Amen. <laughs> You're not hearing what I'm saying. If he was in this dispensation, this one, where we are. Oh, yes. If he was in this, he would have repented. The basis for repentance is righteousness. Yes. Amen. Because you are, your, your, your standing with God can never be altered. Because it is neither attained nor achieved. It is given to you. Oh, you are not hearing me. Oh, yes. If it's something that you have to attain by yourself, then you are stuck if you have made a blunder. Because yes, you've lost it. Amen. And then you become a sinner. How can a sinner in his sinful state do any good works that would attain him to righteousness? Impossible. Amen. And that is the catch that the Muslims have. Yes. What am I saying? They are very good people. They work very hard to do good things. But those are good things done by sinners. Yes. Amen. Now, as far as I know, the holy God, any good thing done by a sinner, it is an abomination. It doesn't change. Amen. I was asking a Muslim, I said, wait a minute. How can a sinner do anything good that can please a righteous God? They said, we hope that on that day, this God will weigh, will put our, our good works on a scale, our bad works on the scale. Yes. And our prayer is our good works must be heavier than the bad ones. Wow. He said, if, it is, if it, things are not looking really good, we're going to save a bit of a punishment for the bad ones. But still, because of the good ones, we'll be saved. I said, good luck. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so God had to fix you by giving you righteousness. Oh, yes. In order to give you access to him, irrespective of your state. Wow. As long as we've got access, God fixed you. Yes. Are you hearing me? Oh, yes. Are you hearing me? As long as we've got what? Access. God fixed you. Because he knows. You walk, you stumble, you fall. Yes. As long as you've got access to the loving Father, you can still run to Him. Oh, yes. Thank you, Jesus. He'll clean you. He'll wash you off by the precious blood of Jesus. Oh, yes. Someone say, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Access. Righteousness gives you access. So that's why. It doesn't matter what you've done, how you've done it, how things are looking like. As long as righteousness is there for you, please, the first point to run to is God. Never run away from God. Always run to God. Yes, amen. People find themselves in self-condemnation mm. where they can't even face God. They can't even look up to God. A big mistake. Yes. God is not keeping a big whip behind the throne. <laughs> that when you show up, he will just say, ah! 
no. There's no wheat behind the throne. There's no wheat. Haven't you read the parable of the two brothers? One took all the wealth, went, spent everything. And when he came back, what did the dad do? Celebration. Yes. They put a robe on him. Amen. They killed the fattened calf and threw a party. And then the older one went, wait a minute. Dad, I'm always here. I'm the good one. I always save you. You've never even given me a kid. That's a, a baby goat. Yes. <laughs> that I should celebrate with my friends. That says, hey, your brother was lost, but now he's found. Amen. It's about the love of the Father. It doesn't matter where you think you've gone wrong. It doesn't matter what the devil is pointing at you. I'm leaving that part for us for next week, but I can just give you one thing. Let me just mention this thing so you understand what I'm talking about. When God gave you righteousness, he paralyzed the devil. Oh, yes. Amen. Completely paralyzed. In what sense? In what sense? In what sense? The weapon of the devil is sin. The devil uses sin to attack you. The devil uses your weaknesses to attack you. But when the robe of righteousness yes. was put on you, oh yes, amen. It covered whatsoever infirmities, whatsoever no dark places, whatsoever, they are no longer visible. And that robe of righteousness is our Christ. Oh yes, amen. The Redeemer. So they are no longer, when God is looking at you, he can't see the inside. He only sees Christ. Yes, amen. So when the devil, because his job is always to look around and find your faults, when he comes before God and says, Hey, God, this person has done this and this and this and this. God turns around, look at you. He sees Christ. Wow. And then God looks at Christ. What do you say? Yes. Remember, Christ is your lawyer. Yes. For the defense. Oh, yes. Yeah, Christ says, yeah, 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 that's mine. That's mine. That's mine. Amen. That's mine. I receive. And then the judge of the universe takes a hammer. Case dismissed. Oh, yes. Not guilty. <laughs> Aye. The devil has lost again. Oh, yes. Because the rest of the fixing is a family matter. Oh, you, you didn't hear what I said. Oh, yes. The rest of the fixing is a what? Family matter. Family matter. Now we sit down as a family. Hallelujah. Here you didn't do well. 
Can you improve in this area? Yes. Amen. Can you change the way you talk here? Can you change the way you think here? Oh, it's a yes. family matter. It has nothing to do with the devil. The devil has no business whatsoever. As long as you, are, you have the righteousness of Christ, the rest is a family matter. Your dad knows yes. you are just learning to walk. And you're going to stamp and fall. Oh, yes. Your dad knows you are a pious. Someone who is learning how to talk right. You're going to make mistakes in the way you make your sentences. You're going to begin with the end and go to the beginning of your sentence. Like some languages. Oh, yes. <laughs> Have you ever seen languages? We start from the end. We are learning. We are growing. The father knows that. That the first stage, we are briefers. Newborn babes. As newborn babes, the Bible says what? Cry for the unadulterated milk of the word that you may grow thereby. If so be that you have tasted that the Lord is good. And then you grow a little bit. You become an apios. Someone who is learning to talk. Huh? You call the things milk, you give it your own name. You know what you used to call milk yourself? Because yeah. you, were, you were once a baby. <laughs> you, you try to pronounce the name of your brother. You give him your own name. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I'm trying to remember my boys what they... Okay, let me not embarrass them. Amen. <laughs> hey, I'll leave them alone. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yes. That's the nepios stage. Ne, 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 negative. Pios, someone who can't talk right. You are growing. And then after that, you come to the heroes stage. The mature sons of God. Oh, yes. People have matured. Are you hearing me? So the father will not condemn you for being a babe. Oh, dear Papa. It's not your fault. It's just a stage. I was just blessing babies here. Yes. So I should have been condemning them. Hey, you, why can't you walk? <laughs> you are not a human being. Humans walk. You are not a human being. <laughs> Can you see what I'm saying? Oh, yes. That's what the devil accuses us. Yeah, you, you are not walking. Humans walk. The father says, no, 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 no. Leave my baby alone. He is crawling. Oh, yes. Amen. So there are two kinds of righteousness. One, of the law. Two, of faith. Next stage, the righteousness of the law is a doing righteousness. So yes. people have said, prophet, why don't you teach about the law? Because in a while, Former church, they used to preach about the Ten Commandments every Sunday. You know, I answer the question lovingly. But if I was allowed to answer the way I want to answer, I would have slapped that person <laughs> really hard. Amen. <laughs> Perhaps the ignorance can come out. 
I answer lovingly. But I can feel the boiling in my spirit. What dispensation are you in? Yes, amen. What dispensation? <laughs> so, the righteousness of the law is a doing righteousness. The righteousness of faith is a what? Speaking, a verbalizing righteousness. So, you need to know in your weakest moment, I'm talking about your weakest moment. Are you hearing me? Because people say, no, prophet, me, I'm weak. You know, I keep doing this wrong thing. I keep doing this. It will not help you that talk. Yes, amen. What will help you in that weakest moment is when you, say, you begin to say, I am the righteousness of oh, God. Oh, yes. I am the righteousness of God. The power of sin has been broken off my oh, life. Oh, yes. The power of darkness has been broken off my life. You see, you may start low. You may start, but as you continue making those declarations, those confessions, you feel your faith growing up. You feel your faith is, you know, rising in you until you come to a place where you even begin to walk around in your prayer. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am beyond condemnation. There's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the law, but up. Yeah. Oh, yes. Hi. That's how you paralyze the devil. Oh, yes. But the moment you keep talking about your problem, you are praying in his court. He's got you in the net. He's got you in the hole. It can only get deeper and deeper and deeper. Oh, yes. Rise on your feet. Say, oh Lord, oh Lord, I thank you. I thank you. For the gift. For the gift. Of righteousness. Of righteousness. Oh. Thank you for listening. To keep in touch with our ministry, visit our website at www.streams.org.au and follow us on all social media platforms at streams.international. It is a blessing to share with you all our prophetic revelation teachings and it's our prayer to see you transform into mature sons of God. Share this podcast with your friends and family. Be blessed and until next time, Shalom.